0: Oh, man, it's one of those effing days. One of those effing days. It is a hump day. I've already recorded this segment of the show, and it did not record. My computer glitched on me. And now I want to punch it in the face, but I know how expensive it gets when I punch computers. I'm, I'm learning to control my anger. Hulk wants to smash so bad, and Hulk's not going to smash. Because Hulk doesn't want to be more broke than he already is. Arrgh. Happy hump day, bitches. Ah. Uh man, effing rain sucks balls, I work 10 hour shifts on the overnights, and I go in nice and early in the evening, and I don't get off until bright and early the next day, and I will tell you this, I am over this effing rain, this rain can suck my balls, 10 hours of walking around in the rain, getting soaking wet, even with an umbrella or rain gear or whatever, I don't like wearing rain gear because I'm fat and I get all sweaty, so, I walk around with my umbrella on and then my legs get wet because the wind's blowing and the rain hits my pants and my boots and my pants are all wet. And it's just a freaking pain. Ah! How many more atmospheric uh, douches or enema's or whatever it is are we gonna get here in Southern California? Because I'm over them. And I know there's at least another one on the way this week. Damn, it's not gonna stop raining until sometime tomorrow. Eat a bowl of D's. D's effing nuts. All right. Coming up on the show today, Chase Sexton, HRC Honda. I like this kid. I like this kid. Not only is he the first superstar of moto to just sit down and talk with the 49, not in a press conference setting or or something like that where where he just sat down and did, did an interview with us. And I appreciate the hell out of it. I have a soft spot in my heart for that kid. But it's not just that. It's the fact that he is resilient as a mofo. He is a testament to an athlete getting punched in the face, getting knocked down, getting back up, fighting, 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 getting punched in the face, and getting back up. And it's not how hard you can punch, but how hard you can get punched and continue to get back up. And this guy gets back up and gets back on the podium and stays in the championship hunt. And and I, I admire that about this kid. And he's trying to do it and stay positive. And he's not letting anybody take anything from him. He's battling with the best in the business. Got a good ongoing thing right now with Justin Barsha. We'll talk to him about that because those two have been battling hard a couple of races now, and then he's still in the championship hunt. Then he goes and gets docked. Also, by the way, know this before you hear the interview with Chase. We talked to him. Uh, this is that post-race press conference. This is before we knew what was going to happen before the AMA handed out the penalty on him. We knew something was coming at the point of the interview, but we didn't know that it was going to be seven points off his championship hunt. That's a that's a chunk. He went from 10 points back to 17 points back. That's a big jump back, but he's going to keep fighting. Going to keep fighting, going to keep fighting. If he keeps fighting and he keeps winning, he'll be right back in it in no time. But we'll see. Now, besides Moto today, I have got a story about uh, more missing nuclear material where the sky is falling, and everyone should worry because I'm getting worried. A lot of missing nuclear material out there in the world right now. I have a new way to kill journalists. If you're a drug cartel, that's interesting. So what happens when you write about them slangin' their cocaine, they come for you. This is in Ecuador. We'll talk about this one. And then I got, i uh, gonna talk about the final Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170. It is here, it's the end of an era. And it's an impressive-ass machine. I mean, a really impressive-ass machine. After this, we all know they're going to go away from the big Hemi V8s and put it into that muscle car series because everyone's going woke and electric, and California is destroying America and the world. All of this is California. All of this is Gavin Dusham. It really is. Freaking a-hole. All right, so, and then uh, what happens when the ICC issues an arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin? I'll tell you uh, Russia's response to that, which is pretty funny. And then a neighborhood in Oregon where they're all happy about a giant penis, huge schlong, giant schlongsterker, just hanging out in the neighborhood and people, it's damn near they're coming to worship it, I'll tell you that get into all these stories, but up next, we're going to talk to Mr. Chase Sexton right here on a big 49 for a hump day. Hump it, hump it, hump it. Big, big, big. big. The big, 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. My friends over at motocross action magazine pointed out something really interesting in an article on Eli Tomac yesterday. We all breathed a sigh of relief when Eli announced that he had signed a contract extension to race the outdoor season and defend his championship and then to race in the debut season of the playoffs or the super motocross season. But no one really thought about it after that. And it sounded like Eli was done after supercross this year when the season started and now he's racing all the way through we're like cool eli's still great he's on track but now there's only four weeks left until eli has to decide if he's going to race in the 2024 season at all remember that contract's going to end as soon as the final race at the la coliseum of the super motocross season this year so we got to find out if eli's racing next year or is he done i am stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now forty-nine. It is stretching right now. We are sitting down with the man of Detroit. His name is Chase Sexton from that HRC Honda team, getting the overall win tonight. And Chase really looking like we know you can look. When you run mistake-free, you are the fastest dude out there and really hard to catch, and you showed that tonight in all of your glory. But it's not without an incident. There was something that happened on jumping on a red cross flag and have they talked to you about that yet? Like, what happened there? Explain that situation to us. Um, yeah, I mean,
1: who knows what they're gonna um, do with the the double, okay. um, yeah, in the middle of that race. But for me, momentum-wise and riding-wise, this is big for me. And um, I've had a few tough races, and especially after last weekend, going down and getting tenth, yeah, I uh, I needed this, and how I did it, I feel like that's um, what I needed. So, okay. Um, For me, just getting momentum back on my side, and hopefully we can uh, click a few of these things off um, coming up here soon.
0: All right. And are you guys aware of what they're going to do? Have they told you the amount? Are they going to dock you? Are they going to move position point? Do you have any idea what's going to happen uh, from the AMA, or is it just you and the team have talked about it you know something's coming?
1: Yeah, just discussing it. For me, in my position, Dean was up and riding, and I rolled the first jump where he was down, so... I was honestly just confused on what I should do. If I should jump, if I should roll,
0: okay.
1: um, I didn't really know what to do. Just because he was already on his bike and it wasn't even on that jump. So okay. um, I guess we'll see. Uh, but besides for that, I, I'm uh, yeah, we're just it's up to their in their hands now.
0: Okay, let's talk about the race tonight where you looked really good. You were mistake-free, and you were just clicking them off and looking fast as hell. Granted, nobody looked as fast as AP, but when he goes down, you were there to snatch the win, and that's what it's all about, being prepared for someone to make a mistake and getting a victory, especially for you when you really needed it uh, tonight. So walk us through how you got ready, what your prep was for this week, what's different, and, and what happened out there
1: for me i just went to the work this week i did pretty much all motos instead of any sprints and uh just really focusing on the main event is my biggest thing so tonight being in the back um at the start i think helped me really kind of lock in and um focus on just pushing forward and not not worrying about the race so like i said i started in the back and made a lot of passes so overall just very like the best riding i've done in a main in a while and uh Unfortunately for Aaron I've been in that position a lot of times so I feel for him and I was just trying to click off as many laps and get as close as I possibly could and he ended up obviously going down which is a bummer but for me I I rode super solid and I was uh, really happy with how it went went down so um, yeah not a good start
0: and just uh, clicked off my laps, and that's really what's key. Alright, and what's going on with you and Justin Barsha? Because you know if you tangle with Bam Bam, you go down. Is kind of the rule of the road out there on the Supercross track. And you've done it a couple of times now, so walk us through the incident tonight where you guys were were kind of rubbing a little bit, but nobody went down.
1: Yeah, I passed, or I cut under him. I got next to him in the whoops and kind of got past him, and then I knew that that 90, I'm not I'm not getting through that if I stay in the gas, so <laughs> yeah. I cut back and under uh, him a little bit, ran him a little bit wide in the next corner, but didn't make yeah. any contact, and then just tried to cut, shut the door in the next turn, which I did, and yeah. then got through that section, and then after the double, um, I, I, he yeah. kind of he he hit me pretty yeah. hard, so I was yeah. happy that I stayed up and yeah. kept my position, but. Uh, He races hard, and we all know that, so that's uh, something you have to expect.
0: Yeah, now, uh, you've got a battle going on out there with Big Time, with Eli and with Cooper, and you're trying to make up points, and you're looking like you're going to do it, and then you've got this little side battle going on with Justin Barsha at this point. Like, it seems crazy. Like, what are you going to do? Because you're battling uh, you know, three dudes out there, not only for the championship point, but trying to stay on the bike with that Barsha battle. So, was that kind of stressful and gnarly for you uh, while all that's going on at the same time?
1: Yeah. It uh, Obviously, like I said, I didn't get a very good start, but um, I saw where Coop and Eli were. Yeah. And we all raced each other really fair. So, okay. um, racing these guys is fun. Obviously, when you have Justin, <laughs> uh, it gets a little interesting. But, like I said, he races hard, and yeah. it's just something. You just gotta make your passes in the right spot, and for me, I had a few spots in the track with the whoops in that one rhythm section where I could gain gain time and get to the inside. So, those are really my key passing points or passing points tonight.
0: All right, now you had a big win tonight, and it's the first win in a, in a while, and it's gotta feel good, especially after last week and the the where it looked like oh man, you you might have torpedoed your chances at the. Red plate, and then you come back with a, with a freaking win tonight. So, how big is this win for you, uh, you know, emotionally and and career-wise? Definitely. Um, like I said, it's been
1: it's been a bit of a rough. I don't know, last five races. I've I've obviously been on the podium a lot, but I haven't I haven't won a race since, and I'm two, and that's yeah. where I expect myself to be. So, Definitely. being down last weekend was kind of like the straw Man. that broke the camel's back. I was like, I got to change something, yeah. and what I'm doing is not working. So. This week, like I said, I did a lot of just longer motos and tried to limit the mistakes in practice, and hopefully that carried over the race, and it did. So I, uh, like I said, I was very emotional, but like it's just been it's been a tough couple of uh, races. So right. kind of let it out after the finish line, and it just it's a good feeling to win a race, especially with how stacked the classes it's it's not easy. So got to cherish the wins and uh keep moving forward
0: and speaking of wins man tonight ap had this one in the bag and then he goes down and in that section where he went down he caught a rut it got his foot pulled him off the bike like uh was that a real difficult part for you were you worried about something like that happening to you in that same spot or was it just a freak accident that happened to ap right there it wasn't
1: super bad um (laughs) It almost reminded me of exactly what I did last week. Obviously, he caught a foot and yeah. ripped him off the bike, but yeah, it's the same section just going the other way, or it's a right-hand turn instead of a left. So I honestly thought he drug foot peg, like kind of what I did, um, yeah. but I saw the replay, and he just, like, folded into the next jump, which was pretty bad. So, yeah. um, like I said, it's a bummer. It's These tracks get so broken down, and they can bite you at any moment, and that's yeah. <clears throat> you got to be locked in the whole time. I've found that out plenty of times. So yeah. it's – uh. Like I said, bummer for him, and I hope he's okay.
0: Uh, Now, how crazy is it in this world of racing where you're talking about how it can bite you at any moment when it's kind of exactly what happened to you the week before, and then you come back this week, and you get a win in the last half of half of the last lap after something exactly like what happened to you the week before happens to another rider being AP.
1: Yeah, it seems a little bit ironic. Um, Obviously, not the way that you want to win, but I feel like I was... Closing the gap, maybe wasn't going to get to him, but I was uh, just happy with solid
0: riding tonight, honestly. And it was solid riding, but uh, Chase, you've been through a lot this year. I mean, literally a roller coaster of emotions, if you will, with your season so far, and yet you're still right here in the championship hunt. Have you learned a lot about yourself this year? Have you learned a lot about just what it takes to be that 450 champion, you know, so far with everything that's happened?
1: definitely it's uh it's been there's been some dark times yeah like i said i haven't been getting horrible results besides yeah. for last weekend i mean i've been on the podium most of the races yeah but when you want to win and you get it keep making these little mistakes that are avoiding you from winning it's yeah. uh it's tough because i feel like i was beating myself most of the time so uh it's hard it's definitely uh yeah it's it's frustrating like i said but you have yeah. to keep grinding and Staying positive, like I said, was the only way that I can pull myself out of it and it's uh it's still an ongoing battle. We, yeah. We're not uh, not perfect by any means at this point. Just, just got to keep getting better and focusing on my weak points. All
0: right, and let's uh, go into tonight. You're following AP. looks like he's got the win in the bag, but yet you're ahead of, of most importantly, ahead of Cooper and Eli at this point, which is great for the championship points battle. But what was your game plan at that point up until uh, AP fell? Were you still trying to push for the win, or were you trying to sit back and say, as long as I beat Eli and Coop, I'm good? Like what was going on in your mind at that point?
1: I was just trying to really keep pushing because, okay. like I said before, I've been in that position so many times where you feel like, uh, at least in my position, I've I had the race won and yeah. it it can go south really fast, especially when yeah. you haven't won a race like Aaron. It uh, it weighs on you the last couple laps and stuff like that just seems to happen, especially like I said uh, to me man. so. I uh, just kept yeah. my, my head down and anything can happen. Especially with lap traffic, it's it's not easy. And with how the gnarly the whoops were, yeah, it's just easy to make mistakes. So I uh, wasn't gonna give up, and that's I guess that's really just the key.
0: All right, Chase, congratulations on a hard-fought victory tonight coming from behind. Congratulations on a mistake-free race and just really being the best Chase that you can be and, and putting in the effort and not giving up, man. You are a, a exhibition of resilience this year on the track, and watching you continue to battle for the red plate and continue to fight through adversity is something else, man. So congratulations to you, the HRC Honda team, and we'll see you next week in Seattle. Back on the box I'm sure we'll see where you get on that box is the very important part with the championship points on the line I am Stretch this is the Big 49 your home of Moto Rock Extreme Big 49 it is Stretch show on a hump day alright here's something I want to shine a light on we have the Cooper Webb interview coming up and Coop is a sly dog and Coop's not messing around and Coop is a grinder and Coop will get out there and he will put pressure on people so they make mistakes and get wins he and if they don't make a mistake he just takes the points and he just is a a point accumulator and the guy now has the red plate from being a smart really good mistake-free rider and that that'll get you championships in this sport it really really will now chase talked about something in that, in that interview we just played. If you missed the Chase interview, it comes up again at the end of the show. But coming up here in the middle of the show, we got Cooper Webb. Cooper made a comment about we rolled the double and Chase pulled away. He made a comment about Chase pulling away, which makes me think it is the Red Bull KTM team that went and protested the AMA to get Chase docked those points. And Chase, by the way, was pulling away from Cooper and Eli. He was faster than them in Detroit. He was. But, you know, those guys are no slouches and they're grinders and they will take what they get and usually they'll take what they get and then somebody screws up a la Aaron Plessinger and then Eli wouldn't even have been on the podium if it wasn't for that. So Eli really benefits from that mistake by Aaron Plessinger by just being a grinder and being there even on a not a good night. Cooper, not going to get the win but look what he ends up in second place and he would have been third place Yet Barsha up there hammering people. Barsha had a chance to get on the podium. Could have knocked both of them back. But Barsha made a mistake here and there and got knocked back. It's Cooper's that kind of grinder. But listen to the interview coming up with Cooper. There's a point where he talks about Chase jump. Like, he mentions it, that that we rolled and Chase jumped. And remember, when we do these interviews, it's the three dudes sitting next to each other. That's why you'll often hear them. We're talking and then they'll say, yeah, like Eli said, that's because they heard you interview Eli and they heard the answers Eli gave and they'll say, yeah, like Eli said, or oh yeah, like Cooper said, they'll reference each other and you hear that in the interview sometimes you're like, that sounds weird, but I got them chopped down so it doesn't flow like that. But you'll hear those references because it's part of the part of the room that you're in at the time. So Cooper is sitting right next to Chase and he makes a little dig at Chase for jumping that double and kind of makes it look like that's why Chase got out to the front of them that's why Chase got away from them because it was just Chase and AP up front that's why when AP went down BAM! Chase was on and gets the win he was right there but man oh man what a freaking night of racing it was in Detroit check those things out that is there's the little nuances of these press conferences that I pick up and they will say things and they'll make a subtle dig at another writer. and there's some writers that don't like each other it's you'll hear a lot in these press conferences and I'm telling you I'm putting two and two together I got Cooper making that weird little statement and I noticed it yesterday when I when I ran the Cooper interview I noticed him say make that reference and, and the way he said it was yeah Chase uh and we rolled that double and, and Chase jumped the double and got ahead of us uh, it's somewhere in there. You, you'll hear it. So pay close attention. And then Chase gets docked seven points. I, I'm a thousand percent certain it was the Red Bull KTM team that called the AMA on that and was like, "Hey, look, 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 look!" Because they'll do that. You'll see mechanics sprint from the track to the AMA trailer to protest a rider or to say that guy deserves this or this or this, trying to you know benefit their rider. is all they're trying to do. And it's your job. I, I'm not knocking anybody. It's part of its gamesmanship. Part of the game. I'll tell you right now, if radio stations in Los Angeles could run to the FCC and say, I heard them say the F word on the big 49 and try to get a stock, they would. The problem is we don't play by those rules. That's the problem. They down on us all the time. Say you're an internet radio station. Yeah, we're an internet radio station. with more listeners than any of you a-holes with your broadcast sticks up on Mount Wilson blowing static. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cover the entire world. Oh, yeah. We don't answer the FCC either because we are on the internet. Suck a fat dick. You can't say that on the radio. <laughs> so I get it. Everybody runs and tattletales on their competitor, and everyone tries to get the leg up. And I, I think we we see a little of that, judging from the Chase interview and Chase then references when we talk to him. Because now Cooper just said that about him getting the double, and then you ask him about the double later in this in the same room. Just know how these are all done. How these interviews are done. They're literally sitting next to each other. So. Pay attention as we get into the Cooper interview here in the middle of the show, and then we replay the Chase interview at the end if you didn't hear it. And if you miss any of this, I'll throw it all together anyways on the Stretch Show podcast, which runs everywhere podcasts are served. You can go there. Just search uh, Big 49 Stretch Show podcast, and it'll pop up. If you Google search it. It pops up at Google Podcast, so it's there. Amazon's got it. iHeart's got it. Everyone's got it, so go check it out also uh, another thing as long as we're talking moto and going all moto for this entire segment there is the vlog up on the big 49 now and the vlog works like this it is a video of the show that we do on saturdays and that's me moto man uh jason from hyr and kyle and we all talk a lot of not not about moto it's rather entertaining and that show is up. This time I was not in studio because, well, I don't want to be in that studio anymore for a while. I'm not going to say why. I'm just going to not talk about it. And that vlog is up from Saturday's show. So the, the, the first section, so it, it's the entire show. It's a five-hour radio show at least. And each segment breaks into a, a different vlog. And most vlogs are like 15, 20 minutes. We're doing about five hours of vlog, so it's it's a long time. You couldn't post that file in one section. So the first few segments are up now at thebig49.com. Go check it out, it, it's entertaining. It, it's definitely the most entertaining moto vlog there is. I is. bet my life on that, it really is. It really, really is, It's it's fun. So go check that out, follow us on social media. All right, up next, let me get back to the show. I'm going to stop stop talking moto for a minute. It's the big 49. Big, big, big. big. Dub. Big 49 Moto Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Max Anstey is chiming in on social media about what happened in Detroit, said he was down on the ground, got up, said he would salvage some points, but then his bike got pretty beat up in the crash and he just was unable to finish. That means Max didn't get any points and it dropped him pretty good in the overall championship points list. He's now at fifth place in a dogfight fight with Deegan and J-Mart for third. They're all kind of battling it out, but the good news for Max is Nate Thrasher, who is currently in second, is still within striking distance if he really fine-tunes it the last part of the season here for the 250 East. However, for everyone in the 250 East, Hunter Lawrence has got first place wrapped up. He's running away with it, and I don't think there's anything anyone can do about it at this point. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show here on a hump day, man. And let's talk about an incredibly badass piece of American machinery that has made its full debut finally. We've known it's coming. It's the end of the era, Dodge ending the Challengers and all those big-ass muscle cars this year. And they're putting them out, what they call the last call. And they have released a very limited edition 2023 Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170. Usually, they call these the Hellcats. The Hellcats are really fast, crazy cars. All right, this SRT Demon 170 is insane. And it's like, why is it called the Demon 170? Well, let's break down some specs on this. 1,025 horsepower. It runs under nine second quarter mile off the showroom floor. It does zero to 60 in 1.66 seconds. It's a badass machine, man. It is a badass machine. So, as the world goes full woke and they want to get away from the muscle cars and the gas guzzlers, uh, Dodge is going out with a bang on this one. They're going to be some expensive automobiles. But this is the last time probably we're going to see that Hemi V8 in its full glory ever in a car, ever. This car is going to be worth a mint, I have a feeling. It's going to sell for a lot out of the box. It's going to be over a $100,000 car. But dude, seriously, it's like an 8.9 second quarter mile. And it comes with these Mickey Thompson freaking drag tires on it that are already on it. That's literally, it's not like, hey, they put a professional driver in it with slicks on it and they ran that. No, that's what the car runs. Now, I still don't see how a 1,000 horsepower hooks to the ground. That's why you always see those Hellcats getting smoked by the Tesla plaids. I mean smoked because the Tesla is electric and computerized and each engine has a, its own motor. It's got four motors in it and the motors spin, and and they don't allow it to ever break loose. If it starts to slip, that motor stops, and it powers the other tire. Then if that starts to slip, it goes back and forth, and it does that so fast, the car never loses traction. And it's like having a 1,000 horsepower to the ground, though. a 1,000 horsepower straight to the ground, just hauling ass. Now, the Dodge seems to have answered that finally. But I can't wait for the videos to come out when someone takes one of these out because this should beat a Tesla Plaid I just got a feeling to make this car do that you got to be one hell of a driver and it is badassery the last call Dodge muscle car the Chargers the Challengers they say will be arriving and it's the last ever of the mighty Hemi V8 engine which has been a nod back to the 60s and 70s of the old badass Hemis and the Kudas and all that stuff. And it's been a good run, but uh, modern political times dictated it's time to get rid of these cars again. And that's what they're doing. Remember, they went away in the 70s because of the fuel crunch and the energy crisis. And wow, it was weird. We had a really god-awful Democrat president and his name was Jimmy Carter. And now we have the same thing. We have Jimmy Carter Lite in the White House now. His name is Joe. I don't know. That might be an insult to Jimmy Carter. Maybe uh, maybe Jimmy Carter was Joe biden light. But either way, got an idiot in the White House and we're ending the, one of the greatest American muscle cars ever. And that is happening right here before our very eyes. But it's a badass machine. Go check it out. Google that thing. Oh, yeah, they call it the 170 because it has to run the 170 octane fuel. Has to run pure racing fuel, this car. And as an option you can get a parachute on the back a full race car I mean, over a thousand horsepower it's gonna be a uh, freaking a thousand horsepower and nascar has nothing like it. nascar doesn't even have half that i don't think they, they got crap compared to these things so insane this dodge yeah that the, the 170 is about the fuel gotta love it all right up next let me tell you why everyone should be crapping their pants. Well, if you live in Thailand, Moto Man, no more sex vacations in Thailand for you. It's bad. I don't want you coming back. It's not that I, I want to stop you from having fun, Moto. I just don't want you to come back glowing. Talk about this one next. It's another possible nuclear disaster. It's the Mig 49. The Man... Entertainment report! (laughs) Something maybe we should do in the United States. Over in Europe, the Europa League, which is for soccer, they announced that a fan that stormed the field in the Netherlands, then punched one of the players in the face, has got a 40 year ban from going to any live matches of the sport. This guy can't go to a soccer game for 40 years. At that point, he'll be so old, there's no way he can jump onto the field without breaking a hip or something. So good move for those guys over in Europe. This is kind of cool. A company in Australia is now making drones for the Ukraine, and they're made out of cardboard. These things come in a piece of cardboard, you fold them together just like a cardboard box. They got a motor in them and they can fly a lot of stuff. They can drop ammunition, they can drop messages, they can do all kinds of stuff and they take these things up to the front line and they can even drop bombs from them. They're that big and they're made out of freaking cardboard. This is freaking crazy. And proving that Ozzy Osbourne is the king of effing rock and roll. In a recent interview, he was asked, who's the greatest person that you ever got to party with? And Ozzy says, me, myself. I'm the greatest person I ever got to sit down and have beers with. Way to go, Ozzy. Great answer, because it's probably true. Wouldn't Ozzy be at the top of the list if you got to sit down with anybody and just have a few drinks and get effed up and crazy? The Man Man with Stretch. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, it's the end. It is the end. It is the end. It's the end. We are all effing doomed. I told you this week that 2.5 tons of uranium was missing from Libya. And and it disappeared, we just found out, between 2011 and now. Yeah, that, track that down. Bad guys might have got a head start on you. They may have already used that to make a bomb. Well, it gets better. This happened in Thailand. And there's a steel tube containing KCM-137, which is radioactive as all hell. And they use these things at power plants. And Thai authorities found that it's a huge cylinder. And they found one missing. And they're like, "Uh uh-oh, we're missing a highly radioactive piece of metal pipe. The steel tube that contains the caseum went missing from the power plant in Prachanburi province, where it was used for ash measurements. It was found after authorities detected radiation coming from the largest steel recycling plant in Thailand. Uh Uh-oh. So we realized we got a highly radioactive pipe missing from this power plant what do you do you set off your radioactive uh, detectors your radiation detectors and you go looking for it well they find it at a steel plant here's where it's a problem Uh, they were hoping when they saw the detectors there they're like oh someone took it to the steel plant to recycle the metal some thieving bastard yeah it's already been chopped up for recycling they have a serious situation on their hands there at this factory in Thailand. They say they were hopeful they would find it untouched, but uh, not the case. They found it uh, chopped up. And, and just so you know, this same plant, they lost a drum of KCM 137 back in January, but then they found it six days later out on a highway. Yeah, this, this happened uh, uh, at another time. So they lost one barrel and they found it, sitting on a highway. Someone realized they had stolen radioactive material and just set it down. So they got lucky as F on that one, that it wasn't a So they say, if opened, the pipe's fine, kind of, unless it's open. If it's open, the salt-like material inside could easily scatter and pose severe health risks It can also cause burns, high risk of cancer to anyone around it. Here's where it gets better. They say, unfortunately, in this situation, the pipe had already been chopped down to be melted down to be recycled. So someone stole it from the power plant, most likely an inside job. And not because they're a terrorist, because they're a thieving bastard that was just trying to make a buck on some scrap metal, only the scrap metal was highly radioactive and they were a dumb crap. Dumb shittery, that's what happens. The government has moved in, they have halted production at the factory. All employees have been asked to leave. The authorities have set up a perimeter to stop outsiders from entering. Workers at the now shut metal plant have to undergo urine tests and have to be monitored for signs of radiation exposure and they are really worried about some idiot trying to scrap a piece of metal then these other idiots chopping it up and it had highly radioactive material inside and they don't know where it is. Yeah, I loved it there. Man, we were really just hoping we'd find it untouched and we could just bring it back like the last time. Yeah. They say that's not the case and now people are in trouble. It doesn't look like however terrorists got it it was just idiots yeah they say the half-life of this caseum when it's half as radioactive as it normally is is 30 years Uh, it remains in the environment once it's put into the environment for 300 years and there were 25 kilograms of it that are missing Ooh, they offered a $1,400 cash reward for anyone that could provide information about it. And then they upped it to $2,900. And this isn't the first time or the third time this has happened there. I told you about the missing barrel earlier. In 2000, workers stole 60 cylinders from a discarded X-ray machine. And then they sold that to a scrap dealer too, who then broke the tube at his junkyard and this guy and a bunch of other people 1800 people exposed to radiation at that time when it happened in 2000. Yeah, I have an idea. Maybe those guys should stop effing with nuclear stuff over in Thailand because apparently they're dumb shits. Don't really have safety standards and you got a bunch of thieving bastards scumbags that work for you. Bad things are going to happen. Kind of like in Mexico. You don't want that crap. Everyone in Mexico is dirty. You ever notice that? You ever gone to Mexico and not had some corrupt cop or someone try to jack you for money? And these aren't your average street thugs. No, these are piece of craps that are supposed to be helping you or they're supposed to be running the government. These are the scumbags there. You get these crappy third world piece of crap nations and everyone's for sale and everything's for sale and people steal like mofos and... Blackmail each other and pay bribes and all that crap. It's disgusting. I love living in America. We got our differences. Like, I hate half the country at this point, and half the country hates me, but we're not going to kill each other over it. We're going to figure it out. Especially once Joe Biden leaves the White House, we'll get it all figured out. <laughs> I'm Stretch. It's the Big 49. Up next, let's talk to Cooper Webb. Pay attention to this interview and his comments about Chase Sexton jumping that double. Very subtle, but it's there. It's the big 49. Big big, 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 The big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Looks like we will finally get a look at Carson Mumford on that Pro Circuit Kawasaki this weekend in Seattle. Remember, he signed with the team while he was recovering from a wrist injury and he was set to debut at the Oakland Supercross. Then, while training for that, he tore his calf muscle. Now that's all ready, he's back on the bike, he's training, and it looks like Seattle Supercross is where we get a look. At freaking Carson Mumford on that green machine, finally. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a Stretch show here on a Hump Day. Happy, happy Hump Day. I'll give you a little insight into the fat man's brain. When I hear Hump Day, most people right now, when they hear Hump Day, they think of that stupid commercial with the camel, like Ico commercial, whatever it was, where he's like, Hump Day! Yeah. Not me I hear hump day I hear get over the hump and then I hear the Adams Family snaps over the hump I had Shakey's commercial back to a wonderful time in my life when I worked every day in Burbank with my friends like Moto Man and the Nerd Hurt and my friend Jack and my friend Jamie and at lunchtime often at least once a week Usually on Wednesday, because it was cheaper when you got over the hump of Shakey's. I would go to the Shakey's Lunch and Bunch Buffet and throw down like the heavyweight champion of the world that I am. I miss those times. I miss all my friends. I don't miss Moto Man. I wish I had time to miss Moto Man, but I do not miss Moto Man. But I miss all my other friends. It was a wonderful time. Wonderful time. You know what's weird? You go through times in your life, and I promise you this on all levels. When you look back, at times in your life when you're like, I'm, this sucks, or you're bitching and moaning about it, you might look back later in your life as those are the best times you ever had. You never know. And you don't know what you got till it's gone. And it's, it's weird. And I, I know that. I know I... I hated those times and they were trying and we were fighting every day with management and they were trying to get rid of us and trying to breach us on our contracts so they didn't have to pay us off. And I had massive, massive fighting. And I had money, but I had just stress like you wouldn't believe. But yet away from that, all of that compartmentalized to the side, I had some great friends there. I had some great times there. I turn on the microphones every day and had fun with my friends. And that's really where the big 49 comes from. I'm back with my friends. And that's every everyone that helps or works around the 49, they're just our friends. That's what it is. We're trying to recreate those days without the, hey, you suck, we're gonna fire you, you piece of crap, you're awful at your job uh, mentality that was hung over our heads every day. So that's what we're trying to do. Trying to just have fun with my friends and get by in life and not have any stress. Imagine that. Then it's the perfect world. I just have a feeling by the time I get this all accomplished, I'm going to look back at this and be like, man, I'm old as F. I don't got much time left. <laughs> That's where I am. All right. I'm playing knocking knocking on heaven's door because I was going to tell you a fun little story going on in Ecuador right now. When you're a reporter and you write about people slanging cocaine, they don't take kindly to it. Recently, journalists across Ecuador have been targeted by explosive devices sent through the mail. One writer, Lenin Artieta, was injured when he opened up an envelope and right in the middle of the newsroom. Here's where he's kind of a dumbass. He opens up the envelope and there's a USB drive in it. He's like, I wonder what this is? And he plugged it in his computer. Bad move number one, jackass they'll plug unknown USB drive into your computer well as soon as he did it exploded it was a bomb the USB drive was a bomb that's crazy Um, more and more though this has been happening where they're getting just bombs in the mail and they're opening them and boom 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 Uh, police are getting a lot of them and doing controlled detonations with their bomb squads Ecuador's head of forensic science says uh, these are military-type explosives and they've experienced an increase in violence. The president of Ecuador, he says this is all a result of competition between drug-trafficking gangs for territory and control. The Andean country is used as a cocaine smuggling route from neighboring Peru and Colombia. Those damn Peruvians and Colombians, cocaine smugglers. Yeah. Said there's been a sharp rise in murders and gang-related crime in recent months. There's been three explosions in Ecuador's second-largest city alone this year, where explosive devices were mailed. They've experienced dramatic levels of violence, including decapitated bodies hanging from pedestrian bridges and deadly prison riots between rival gangs life of a cocaine smuggler ain't no joke? I tell you what, do you think those guys ever look back at be like, sure I know my buddies were getting their heads chopped off and they were getting hung from pedestrian overpasses those are good times remember when we mailed those bombs to those journalists I mean, what, what are they thinking? Those are their good times so if you're a journalist um, never open a package <laughs> you don't know who it came from and never take a unknown USB drive and just insert it in your computer because it might go kablooey with military type explosive devices. None of that's good. None of that's good. All right, I'm Stretch. Coming up next, I'm gonna tell you, what do you do when you're a evil, evil SOB dictator mofo named Vladimir Putin and the International Criminal Court has basically said, you're up on war crimes, bitch. If we get our hands on you we're gonna arrest you wherever you are in the world and you will be prosecuted what do you think the russian response was to that it made me laugh even though it's like that's their response to everything tell you about it next i'm stretch it's the big 49 big 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz Shout out to friend of the 49, Josh Hill, who had his best result of the season this weekend in Detroit. And it wasn't just him. It was also his brother and teammate from the Team Tedder Racing, Justin Hill, who also had a great one. In fact, Justin finished seventh overall. Josh took 10th. That's two brothers from the same privateer team in the top 10. Of the Supercross. That's a pretty big freaking deal. So, shout out to the Hill Brothers. Congratulations on that. We'll see you again soon. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Ah, oh, little Mob Deep. You don't know nothing about Mob Deep. One of those little homies died from uh, Sickle Cell. Mob Deep is a serious, serious, legit 90s hip hop group. East Coast mofos. Let's talk about this. This song's called Survival of the Fittest. That's why I'm talking about it. Straight out of Russia. Former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev has issued an ominous warning on Monday suggesting that Russia could strike the ICC with a hypersonic missile. (laughs) It's not funny. Here's what we know. The International... uh, criminal court It's where people will be tried for war crimes and if you've done something awful like i don't know invaded a neighboring peaceful neighboring country to steal their resources and kidnap dozens of children that's what they're getting them on uh they're they're getting them on they've stolen a bunch of ukrainian kids and brought them into russia which by the way, you know they did that because they didn't want to murder those kids, but yet you still stole kids from the Ukraine and they got proof of this. So they're like, yeah, you're going up. Well, that's when their their little mouthpiece speaks out and says, yeah, we'll strike that court with a hypersonic missile. He says the ICC uh, makes any attempt to make a move on Putin ever there will be monstrous consequences for international law. The ICC, which is based at the Hague in the Netherlands, which, by the way, not a military juggernaut, concluded on Friday that Putin had committed war crimes in his full-scale invasion of the Ukraine, which started 13 months ago. And there had been the unlawful deportation of Ukrainian children. And they have proof of this. It's not like... I love all the Russian apologist. We provoked this. We Really? We provoked him to murder women and children and to kidnap children? No, we didn't. Say it marked the first time an arrest warrant has ever been issued against the leader of one of the five permanent members of the UN Security Council. The ICC judges got uh, excited in vain, said uh, Medvedev. He says, look, they say we are brave and we are raised a hand against the largest nuclear power with our... He's called them C-words. <laughs> ah. He says, alas, gentlemen, everyone walks under God and rockets. It is quite possible to imagine the targeted use of hypersonic onyx from the North Sea on a Russian ship to the Hog courthouse. He went on to say... Uh, the court is a miserable international organization and not the population of a NATO country. He says if they strike them with a hypersonic missile, it won't even start a war. He says they should all be afraid. No one will even feel sorry for them and no one's going to go to war over them putting a rocket into the Netherlands. I disagree with that, but... That's what uh, Russia's saying. So Russia's saying, hey, we got hypersonic missiles. You're in the Netherlands. We know where you are. We'll target a missile right into that courthouse and kill all of you. Because basically, that's a death sentence on Putin they put on him. But now, let me rephrase that. That's a death sentence Putin put on himself. They just called attention to it. How dare you point out the evils that we do, you MFers. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's a crazy time. Can't believe people... people still continue to make excuses for Vladimir Putin. And this is nothing more than a resource grab because they know that all that Russia has is oil and and they're going to get, if they get the Ukraine, they get the wheat, which is a big portion of the world's wheat supply. They've already got shipping channels they already took from Crimea and now they want the rest. And they're MFers. And they are killing innocent people. And if you don't believe me, look at some of the videos of the innocent people just killed. And the innocent people just trying to run to safety being shot by Russian troops. Have you seen those videos? Watch those and defend Vladimir Putin. They're horrible. And he's a horrible human being. So whatever the ICC does to him is justified. If they put a rocket in a hog, uh, that'll be awesome because the rest of us will have a chance to get in the game here start writing these wrongs because eventually it's gonna happen it's gonna eventually happen it's crazy man all right coming up next let's rerun the chase sexton interview from earlier and then after that we'll pack it up and get out of here On stretch it's the big 49 oh man here we go Humpty is in the books bitches we are over the hump. It's time to get your Shakey's lunch a bunch buffet on. That's what I say. Shaky's lunch a bunch buffet is wonderful, 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 wonderful way to spend a Wednesday. My diet right now. I couldn't go. There. If I went there right now, I, I, I would just, I would just sit in a booth and cry. That's what I would do. Can't eat the fried chicken. Can't eat the pizza. Can't eat the mojos. Oh man, I'm telling you, man, my special little concoction there when I got there and I got into that buffet and I got the mojo potatoes I'd get a separate little plate like the salad plate and I would pile it with mojos and then I would go over to the mashed potatoes and gravy which are gross because I don't eat mashed potatoes but I would take that gravy and dump it over my freaking wonderful mojo potatoes and then I'd go back to the salad bar and I would take grated cheese and then I would dump cheese on there and I would do my bootleg, redneck version of poutine, the great Canadian food. Shout out to Canada, my homies up there. I love the Canucks. They're my people, man. Oh, that sounds good. Poutine sounds good. Few places you can find poutine around Los Angeles, here and there. You find it on a menu, do yourself a favor and get it. I used to love to get the Jerry's Deli version of it. Now the Jerry's are gone. They would have french fries with brown gravy and uh, cheese curds on them. Oh, man, poutine is delicious. But real authentic poutine is amazing. If you've never had it, find some. Google it. Find some near you. There are a lot of places have it. It's just you're like, what is that? Poutine? I love the name. It's delicious, but it doesn't taste like fish. It's french fries with gravy and cheese curds. And it's a meat gravy, too. Oh, it's so good. Look into that. You'll be finding bootleg ways to do it. Oh, man. I'm gonna get out of here tomorrow. We're gonna go into the 250s. Who will we talk to? Will it be Hunter Lawrence? Will it be the Nate Thrasher? Or will it be little danger boy Deegan? A Lot of reporters going for Deegan's head in that press conference, and he handled himself well, young man. I like that kid, too. And there's a moment in there, in that press conference I'll talk about tomorrow, where, um, like, you could tell people were effing with him, and Hunter Lawrence kind of stepped it up and defended him. He's not even on the same team. Hunter's like, yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Love it. I love Moto. Gonna get into it some more tomorrow. Till then, God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America, bitches.